2: What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Mr. Kyle Moores, and I am joined, as always, by my good brother, Mr. Ray Cash. Thank y'all for listening to another edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast right here on the Shot Radio Network. Y'all, we picked the greatest time to come back to the wrestling world in the history of ever, and we didn't even know. We were gifted with gold, Brother Rance cold. Y'all already know what we talking about. We ain't even gonna give you no backstory because it's the only thing anybody's fucking talking about. We here to get these jokes in about CM Punk and the Elite. Ooh. Ooh, I laughed a good healthy laugh. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Before you tell me your reaction, I just want to say this. We told y'all motherfuckers that the boys can't run the company. We told y'all motherfuckers that you can't let this happen.
1: And here it is. I've been trying in, dog. I've been trying. Trying so
2: hard to play. I've tried so hard. <laughs> oh, oh my god! This motherfucker, C. N. Punk, coming out talking about. Yo, if anybody got a problem with it, you can come talk to me.
1: Somebody yeah, the come talk to him, talk man. And that you know, <laughs> motherfucker's are throwing chairs and biting people and shit. Oh my god. Oh man. Like. Oh. Just like oh, um, like this this man this man <laughs> this man. <laughs> This man called called a dude a stupid dumb dumb fucking fuck while eating muffins and cupcakes. Like, this is the wildest thing.
2: So, like, all right, all right, all right. With all due, you know, now that we got the initial chuckles out, we gonna get plenty of more chuckles in before it's all over for sure. So, at the end of All Out, their, you know, second biggest or biggest show of the year, depending on, how you want to talk about it. They decided they're going to have a little press junket. well, Just a little press conference, you know. Let the people talk about what happened at the show. Let them promote the good things. All that fun shit. And honestly, it was an interesting show. We got on this show last week. Talking about when's the last time anybody saw MJF? We ready to put out an APB for this bitch. And he made his like... Return in like interesting fashion.
1: Very interesting. I'm uh, very intriguing.
2: Yeah, he was the Joker, and like the Stokely
1: Carmichael angle finally paid off. Hathaway, like, but I'm going you make it because we, we laughing that punk. I'm gonna let you make it. Yeah, the Stokely you're, you're a history teacher, so I would expect you to say Carmichael, so I'm good. You give oh, that. Good. yeah, so like that
2: finally had some payoff to it. So like they had a, a decent show. It was not, you know, groundbreaking, but it was decent and it was worth like talking about. The first reporter introduces himself, doesn't even get into a question,
1: introduces himself. Punk was ready. Just can, can I, can I give you some back? I want to give you some backstory on that real fast. Um, The first guy And I'm Go ahead I want you to break it down The way you're breaking it down But There I've read a lot of Twitter Chatter And articles And people don't seem to understand The history between CM Punk Colt Cabana And Nick Houseman Who is the uh, Lead editor of Wrestling Inc He used to be at WrestleZone Nick Houseman is from Chicago Nick Houseman Covered The CM Punk Chris A-Man Cabana trial so every day he was there covering it for the site and interviewing them. He knows them personally on top of from a wrestling perspective, which is why Punk, as soon as he sat the fuck down, Nick couldn't even ask a question. He just introduced himself and cult and and Punk tried to make an example of Nick to do a got you so he could get and start talking about Colt. But that real life backstory of their friendship or the, at least their companionship is important to note in hindsight so i'm sorry go ahead
2: i mean you know it gives mild context but it don't change the actual story no nothing changes homie homie straight up like is barely finished saying his fucking name and punk's just like yeah let me go ahead and start let me go ahead and tell y'all and he proceeds to air all the dirty laundry the dirty laundry and what was ironic about it is he's given this fucking rant about not airing dirt out to the reporters as he's sitting there in a press conference airing all his dirt out to the reporters <laughs> so i'm just like wow. all right then all right then um so first of all he goes on a completely out of fucking nowhere rant about colt cabana Wanting to talk about how, wanting to address the rumors about Colt Cabana and about how, the rumor that he is the reason Cabana is not on AEW anymore. yes, Because he is the reason that Colt Cabana is not on AEW anymore. But he wants you to believe that that's not the case. He wants you to know that he didn't ask, well actually no, he wants you to know that he didn't ask for it.
1: Yes. So, 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 and that so, he has nothing to do with Colt Cabana. The facts of that situation is that when Punk got hired, Cabana told um, Tony, I'm not comfortable with this.
2: Yeah, this is not good for me, dog. Right. Like, but again, you are, and the thing is, Tony's a fucking Mark. So, like, Tony know, should know.
1: Well, of course. Of but it, like, but again, what is. In the moment, I think 99% of us would have been like, you know what, man? You got to eat that, bro. This is one oh, of the man, biggest draws possible. Got, oh, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I just meant, like,
2: Tony should definitely know what it is. Yeah, of Everybody course he knows know what it so. is. So, like, absolutely you tell him, like, listen, man, you're going to have to eat that shit. Because, like, especially, you know, keep it a buck. I love Colt. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. Colt. But it's like, listen, dog, you uh going to be, like, the third match of the night and he going to be in the main event and people are going to buy tickets to see him. So like I need you to
1: eat this discomfort. So the issue comes in where Tony was was fight let me not say was. Tony had fired Colt. Colt was gone. Now mind Tony you Tony picked aside. Now mind you Colt wasn't just a happy go lucky colt. I'm a wrestler here. He did backstage stuff too. Oh, right. But, but, like, more to the point, more to the point.
2: Tony picked a side, and he chose wrongly because you know what Tony never has been good at. We talk about all the time on the Outsiders Edge podcast, both with Tony and with WWE. Read the room,
1: big dog. Well, well to Read that point, the room. To that point, Tony had fired Colt. Colt was gone, and but and you know and. But the Bucks stepped in and said, no, th- we can't do this because him and the Bucks are friends. More than anything else, Colt is loved backstage and again was doing stuff backstage for the company. So that's where Colt stayed away for a while until the Ring of Honor thing became a thing and he was able to send the Ring of Honor. So this is where the impetus for the quote unquote rumors that Punk is talking about started, because Punk is under the assumption that the Bucks, who have absolutely been known to give information to... Oh, the Bucs
2: are sources, y'all. Like, we like we all know that. We joke about it, but, like, the Bucs are sources, y'all. They leak their own shit
1: all the time. Right. So, they, 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 we know this, but he's under the belief that they leaked to all of the journalists, probably specifically Su Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp, that he's the reason Colt got moved or had been away or whatever. And now... What he doesn't seem to understand is, number one, whether we believe him or not, that that's completely your prerogative. Every single journalist has said no, they didn't tell us anything.
2: Literally, believe.
1: all of them. And and the thing is, a
2: denial is different than an obfuscation. Yes. Because yes. they could very easily say nothing or sidestep. They have all to a person issued the straight up. Um,
1: that's a no for me, Don. 100%. Everybody has categorically denied it. Um, But the second thing is that he doesn't seem to understand because he's so in his own world, in his own rage, is even if nobody ever would have said something, any wrestling fan who has any idea of any backstage source or any backstage story who knows the history between you two guys Would have put two and two together when they noticed Colt Cabana works here, CM Punk works here, I don't see Colt no more, but Punk is there. They would have figured it out. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's important to note while Cabana wasn't on the show wrestling every week, Cabana was a part of a major uh, group
2: who was on the show every
1: every week, especially at that time. And the Dark Order, if you look at the timeline, and I'm not being literal to the date, but around the same time, that Punk started that Punk got hired, Dark Order started phasing out and not showing up on TV much anymore. That's mm-hmm. about the time. So so yeah, it's it's asinine for him to go off on Colt the, what he did for well, well, but right. it goes, but it goes
2: beyond just going off on Colt. Like, we're gonna get to the other things that he said in a minute, but like Cole Cabana is one of two people in this situation. Like, I, I feel like, from a moral standpoint, whether it will actually happen or not, but from a moral standpoint, I feel like it's got to be hands on sight, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. because, like, you out here in this press conference talking shit about he shares a bank account with his mom, so I couldn't yeah. sue him. Like, bruh, you put my mama's name
1: in your mouth about some oh, shit yeah, that sure. happened a decade ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, I, I will say this. If he felt the need to have to explain the cult situation, I don't have a ton of qualms about that. It's unnecessary. But if he needed to just get it out and say, look, I didn't have anything to do with that. I don't fuck with that dude. And ended at that, I'd have been fine but with the that. The cult situation was just his background story. Like, oh, if we think about
2: this as an essay, the Colt situation was his background information. He wanted to give you the context of I hate. He wouldn't. Also, he wouldn't say Colt Cabana. He just kept Scott saying Colton. Scott Colt. Scott Colton. Yeah. I hate him, I hate him, I've wanted nothing to do with him for even longer, and he just used that so that he could launch that into the people leaking stories to the press and then thinking that Hangman fell for the bullshit and Hangman's just a dumb asshole. No, I think he called him an dumb fucking, empty-headed dumb fuck. A dumb, empty-headed, yeah, an empty-headed dumb fuck. Then he said that the EVPs were incompetent uh, trash shits that couldn't run a company, then a Tony yeah, Better run a target. Then Tony starts trying to talk, then they ask about MJF and he's like, yeah, he's just another pr- uh idiot prick because this guy likes uh making me work with idiot pricks. A- and I'm just like, okay, so in the course of one press conference, you have shit on a former world champion. You have shit on all of the executive vice presidents of the company. You have shit on your next opponent who you've worked with in the past, who is clearly in line for a huge push. And you you not only shit on you bitched your owner. You in straight sunned of your owner in, in the presence front of, of the press. Yeah. Oh. oh, no. Fuck in the presence of him to him because Tony started talking at one point and this many bitch points. was like no he literally stuck his hand out no like you shushing a little boy
1: many points yes many many points and and that's the one thing Tony got to eat is that he sat oh, there and allowed yeah. to Tony
2: happen. Contana got turned into a
1: bitch yeah he he uh, sat there and allowed that to happen and there's one thing Tony said I agree with a lot of this could have been put to bed if when he was asked that question in another scrum months ago about coca Band, if he would have just fucking answered it and that's true that's true because no comment isn't doesn't always breed good things
2: no sometimes it's important to make a comment of some kind
1: yes yes uh so yeah like it's just so wild that like the the piss and vigor and the thing that trips me out is this this is what tripped me out number one He had just wrestled a 15, 20-minute match against Moxley, right? Actively got blood dripping down his face and shit. He was, yes. He walked from that, the reveal of MJF shows over, five minutes later he's sitting at the table. Were you holding this the whole entire day?
2: Yeah, like, were you thinking about this the whole match? Like, I can't wait until blah, blah, and blah. But um, no, I think more than likely what it is, and we'll get to the injury part here in a little bit, but I think more than likely what it is is, you know, he's made a paper mache. I said last week he's a bitter old man being crushed under the weight of his own toxicity. Um, and so, like, his tricep popped and he felt it and he's like, fuck, I'm going to be out again. So I might as well just air all my dirty laundry. This way, this way, instead of being de-emphasized and pushed down the card because I'm too much of an egomaniac to ever allow for that shit to happen, especially in not WWE, because that's the other thing that this is exposed is that he has no respect for this company as as, like legitimate or big time. Never did. Um, And so he damn sure was not going to take not being the main event of this company. And so he's like, well, instead of being pushed down the card, I'm going to put this bitch in an impossible situation and make him get rid of me. Um... And, And I think like for me, as I was watching it, I keep I brought it up a second ago, but I keep coming back to like, Tony, you really let this man sit here with a live mic and disrespect you for this long? Like you were sitting right the fuck there. You were sitting right the fuck there at any point. You could have just been like, all right, y'all, press conference is over. Thanks for coming. We're done.
1: But not only, not only did he let it happen, but you can see him audibly, like, agreeing with things the punk's saying. Now, that could have just—again, I'm I'm trying to give this motherfucker the benefit of the doubt, which he doesn't deserve. But there could have been, like, a fear of—like, of, literally a fear bringing up in his body Cause like punk is shitting on EVPs and you look at at, at Tony, he, his body language is like, well, yeah, that's true. Well, but here's the, thing, wow. here's the
2: thing. We've been sitting on this show for over a year talking about like I don't think that they're incapable of running anything. I think as we've said over and over again, the boys can't run the company. You can't let the boys be
1: in charge of the books. Yeah, this like, is in 1970 where like it's. Just one house for one territory for one area. These are global companies. You Yeah, can't like, do that and I mean. think
2: that's a di- I think there's a difference between saying that and saying they're not capable of running a company. I think they're perfectly capable of running a company that they're not performing
1: in. I well, so let, we'll get to them in a second. I the one thing I want to touch on before we kind of dig deeper into the EPP situation, because that's going to lead to the altercation part. I want to talk about the Hangman Page thing because, again, um, The smartest remains
2: the smartest man in the room because this motherfucker was smart enough to be dipset, deuced out by the time any of this shit went down. He came, he got his check,
1: he got cleaned up, and he went home to the baby. I got shit to do. So smart. I I love that man. Um, There's so many misconceptions about that situation because a lot of people are... Some people, there's a growing sentiment of punk fans, of course, that are upset at uh, uh, Hangman, or even people who aren't punk fans who are saying, "Well, Hangman instigated it." So the Hangman issue comes in. We know about um, Punk's issues with the Bucks. I explained that about Coca Bana, but also, apparently, Punk has gotten more of Tony's ear over the past, since the past year, than the Bucks and Kenny have had. Which take that however you want. But the issue with the uh, Hangman Page situation comes about. We all know Hangman Page, the Bucks, and Kenny, the elite, right? Hangman is still a member of the elite. Uh, and because he's friends with them, of course, he saw the Colt stuff happening. He knew about what was happening. The entire locker room did. Their, Hangman never liked Punk because, I guess, he saw the writing on the wall there is the feud oh also by the way insider information punk has in the backstage quietly been like trying to convince tony to get the belt off of hangman cuz he didn't think hangman was a draw for the company so that's you know, another thing to add to this
2: i mean you know it it makes sense that tony would worship uh punk so much when you think about tony's early 30s so at the height of punk, Tony was 19, 20 year old kid with nothing but time on his hands. Oh, and he, a lot of cocaine yeah. to do. One hundred percent of Mark. Yes. Well, but no, mark. what makes what I'm saying what makes punk different from everybody else is like Tony has the nostalgia glasses on yeah, of course. for punk. And he, like, Jericho could have probably made this exact same power play, but Jericho is proving to be very politically savvy, which makes perfect sense because the man survived WCW, ECW, like, all of that shit. Uh, So, like, clearly he knows what to do when this shit happens.
1: Right. 100%. Um, Jericho's actually shown himself to be very professional, shockingly. Um, So, the Hangman situation, though, where this got contentious was because. There was a promo while they are in their res- in their feud. Mind you, it's important to note this promo, both men are there. This is not one of those promos where Hangman's out by himself and bunks in the back. They're both in the ring. Shivani is between them, passing the mic. And Hangman talked about how you're not who you say you are. You talk all the good game, but you're not what you say you are. You say you're for workers' rights, but you only care about yourself. And then he ends his promo by saying... For the first time in my life, I'm not defending this championship against you. I'm defending AEW from you. Now, both of those situations pissed Punk off. The first one, the workers' rights, because Punk put out a tweet in March or April or Febu- or May, whenever Sasha and... It was ben in May, out.
2: because that's when Miro responded with the like laughing emoji that no, he tweeted.
1: Barrow did the laughing emoji today.
2: No, no, no. He had done it back then. He re-tweeted oh, he? it today.
1: Got you. Okay.
2: Because okay. of everything that's been going on. He did it back then because he shared a locker room with Punk back in the day. So yep. he but he done Ben knew what it is. So he saw that uh Punk had tweeted out a thing about always support the worker because mm-hmm. the company will do the same to you. Which is correct. That is He's factually right. Correct. This is accurate. How Ill. even back then, Miro knew that Punk
1: is a self-serving piece of shit. And so, like, hypocrisy! And the, the irony of the situation, because, again, like I told you backstage, and I guess it may be a bit more bit more of an open secret than I thought, but Punk was trying to get Tony to take the belt off of Hangman. So, yes, he now, Punk took that as him talking about Cabana. And I guess Punk, in his own toxic, toxic mind, assumed that the whole world caught it right then and there. Nobody figured out what he was talking about until it was brought up months later. On top of that, the last part where he said the defending part from AW from you, he took that he was upset because Hangman went off script. Now, irony of this. Again, there's a lot of irony in this conversation. Didn't Punk make his name off of going off script? Yup. That's the reason Punk is such a, a, a quote-unquote legend in his business is because he was the guy that I'm going to say what I got to say no matter if you want me to or not. That's what he got his name off of. That's where, not just in WWE, Ring of Honor, everywhere he's been. So the irony of that, and then the hilarity of, th- two more things real quick. Number one, the how bitch-made he was for Hangman to say that to his face, they could have handled that in backstage as soon as they got backstage, but he didn't say shit. But he comes back, Hangman not, Hangman's not in the building, and then he tries to retaliate. That's bitch made. Secondly, if he got a problem with the illusion of Colt, MJF, like, did a much more head heavy-handed illusion or allegory to Colt in their feud, and nothing happened with that. He ain't got no beef with MJF other than call him a prick. It's just so wild and random how angry he was, why he was so angry, what he was so angry at, and the manner in which he chose to exude that anger. So, yeah, you know, i I I'm 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 just trying to give some context for those listening because I know everybody ain't as dialed in as me and you. But go ahead. Well, so no, so he goes off on that, then he leads it
2: into. A thing about how the EVPs are so fucking incompetent and they can't run the company and they can't run shit. And then he proceeds to say, you know, if anybody's got a problem, they can come see me. They can talk to me. And so lo and behold, later on, uh, Kenny Omega and the uh, Bucks, Came knocking on the door with, uh, some version of, uh, we heard you been talking shit. And, uh, that you had something you wanted to say. And, uh, that if we had a problem, we could come talk to you. So, uh, fuck's up, bruh And, uh, apparently Punk felt threatened. <laughs> and, uh, Punk's boy, Ace Steel, uh, pulled a boondocks and, uh, threw a chair. hit uh, hit Nick Jackson in the face Cole got this motherfucker the fuck out and then started biting Kenny Omega and here's my thing on the whole felt threatened and I'm not meaning to disrespect the Young Bucks in this particular instance I generally disrespect the Young Bucks all the time for various other reasons but in this particular instance, not intending to disrespect them pointing out some facts they are both about like 6 foot buck 50, buck 75 maybe. Not even 6 foot. Yeah, not even 6 foot. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they, you know, average Joe size dudes and there's nothing wrong with that like whatever. CM Punk is 6 foot 4,
1: 230? Something close to that, yeah.
2: And uh air quotes, I'm putting this in hair air quotes with heavy sarcasm. Hey, highly trained MMA fighter.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious but yes. See point.
2: Air quotes uh, uh, heavy sarcasm. Um, uh, and he and his trainer Ace Steel felt threatened and and, and also Nick Jackson is rock, rocking some Hulk Hogan Fu Man shoe died mustache beard thing. Like that's what scared you, Big Doc. Man. Did, the did they announce Super Kick Party at the door? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, Super Kick Party. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Were well, they playing the The Elite song while they came out? The Elite.
2: Yo, no, hold up. Did seal get did A Seal bite Kenny Omega because he tried to give him the gun salute?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the the funniest the two funniest uh jokes I heard from that is number one, finally the bucks sold a chair shot. That's number one.
2: Well, number, number two, number- did they slap the leg?
1: <laughs> yes, when they kicked the door down.
2: <laughs> no, right. no, no, hold up. We know they ain't kicked the door down. And here's why we know they ain't kicked the door down. The police... there. Oh, oh, hold up, hold up. There was police presence. There was Where's a Charles police Barclay, presence. I made the Charles Barkley clip. <laughs> police presence. <laughs>
1: ah.
2: No, but what, according to the local police department, the police were not called to the scene or dispatched, which means they ain't kicked the door down. And I say that because the company ain't going to call the cops for no shit like that the yes. performers ain't going to call the cops for no shit like that but whoever run the venue if a motherfucker yep. kicked a door
1: down the yep. cops are being called immediately yep so the hilarity the the hilarity of the situation was ruined for me a bit because there are so many different sides to the story there's the side that's very kind to Punk and A. Steel. And that side is this. The Bucks, Kenny, Brandon Cutler, Micah Nakazawa, and apparently some form of Pat Buck and Chris Daniels all came banging on the door. A. A. Steel wife was in the, in the in the room, and Punk was either apparently either in the shower or just got out the shower, and they felt threatened. I can understand if that was true, you ain't throwing no hands, but like I can understand. Wait a minute, dog. What the fuck is going on? That ended, but that didn't happen. And I will tell you why that didn't happen. Because the the more more truth is coming out that Mega Parikh, who is the chief legal officer and essentially the number two of the company, was with the Bucks and Kenny when it happened. So they wouldn't go in a fight if they got the chief Man. lawyer with them. Man, and the you know what that tells me about the lawyer. You want to know why he was there?
2: Want to know why he was there? She. He was there because he's Tony Khan's boy. And here... Mega. Oh. Mega. I'm sorry. She. Yeah. Oh, she was there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was there because she's Tony's boy. And that tells me that she's a ride or die who's used to Tony's shit. And we know... The kind of person that Tony is, she's probably used to seeing situations where she's like, somebody is going to fuck up if I don't go with them to represent the company and be like, hey, y'all, hey, y'all, eyes on the prize, eyes
1: on the prize. (laughs) You fucking with the money. That's possible, but that's not how I see it, and that's not how it was reported. But that 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 makes a lot of sense knowing the party. Oh, I'm
2: just saying, like the in way, my head, that's why she's there.
1: It makes sense. The way it was reported was Punk said, You got a problem with me, come talk to me. The Bucks and Kenny went and got the the chief legal officer and the head of HR, Christopher Daniels, and said, Let's go have Daniels this conversation title right is? now. Daniels is the head of human resources now, yes. Um. And 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 they said, and they went to him and said, let's go ahead and handle this shit right now. You got a problem with us. Let's fix this right now. We got the lawyer here. We got HR here. Let's do this shit right now. And Punk went off and started throwing punches. Now that makes more sense to me knowing Sam Punk. I can't, but there, there would be no other reason. Mega wouldn't even be in that side of the building at the time. If, you know, on un- un- a regular situation, why would she be over there?
2: I mean, girl, I don't know. I don't know. I don't view this charitably for anybody. I don't. That's Well, that's a good is point. My, no, nobody like, looks because, good. No, because if we're going to keep it a buck, like if we're keeping it a buck, Punk is right about one thing. The EVPs should not be EVPs if they are active members of the roster. I have Agreed. said that from the beginning. Agreed. I stick to that. He was right about that. He was wrong about everything else and the way that he handled it, yeah. regardless of how you feel, because you are in your mid 40s and a millionaire and one of the highest paid people in this company. And you got the owner by the palm of your hand and you just won the world title like. You're still not fucking happy. Because you're never happy because you're such a bitter old fucking man who's always had this chip on his shoulder about not getting his due and not getting the respect he deserves and not being viewed the way that he should be viewed by everyone. And so because we're not all walking on like... The like walking on air to please him. He needs to set this record straight about why he's not the villain and he's being wronged. And what did I ever do this? You do this in every fucking company that you ever work in. This is always the way it goes. You sign with a company. You believe that you are the best person in that company and should be the main event of everything and should be given everything and should be the highest paid of everything and should have total creative control and be fully revered. And the second you don't get that, all of a sudden you're hurt all the fucking time. All of a sudden you're complaining all the fucking time. All of a sudden, the company is what's at fault, and the company is terrible, and the company's run by idiots, and nobody knows what they're fucking doing but me, and I'm trying to make money, and nobody knows how to run a gate but me. You did this shit on the indies. You did this shit in Ring of Honor. You did this shit in WWE. Now you're doing this shit again in AEW. It's the same story, different fucking day. The problem is You and until we all collectively cut bait and stop sucking this man's dick at every opportunity, even though he constantly tells you that he fucking hates you and he doesn't respect you and he doesn't want to be associated with you. He just wants your money. And until everybody just says, fuck this dude, it's never gonna change.
1: He's incapable of change. I'm going to go to commercial because that was too perfect. I don't want to add anything to that. We'll be right back.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No
0: matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.
2: Thanks for helping us pay those bills, y'all. And while you're at it, if you enjoy the content we provide here at The Chair Shot, why don't you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and get you one of them nice, nice shirts. You know we got that good-ass merch. Help us pay the bills. Help us do them good things that you love to hear us do. And get some of that soft style stuff because it feels so good on your
1: skins. I don't even know where to go after this. I first and foremost, you had the rent of a lifetime. I'm going to clip that shit. Uh, <laughs> you. I I want to move all I want to I want to move away from the press conference. But there's one thing that we didn't touch on that was really confusing to me. All right. And it was the assertion or the assertion. I, I I'm sorry. That uh, assertion isn't a word. I know. It's all good. Um, uh, that his qualms with <laughs> with Page were about Paige possibly ruining the business of the company's quote-unquote first million-dollar gate. The Last I checked, the entire business of professional wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever you call it is built on conflict and drama. Yeah. And that promo... More drama is better. More, it built more drama and conflict, which led to the first million-dollar gate. So th- it, it it he looked at Tony and said... I'm trying to run a business here. Bitch, what business? The business of CM Punk? Well, well the business of yeah. AEW.
2: Yes, the business of CM Punk. Because, again, what all of the stuff that he said in this rant really highlighted is that he doesn't respect AEW as a company in comparison to WWE, which is super ironic because he's always Mr. Anti-WWE. But the way that he talked about everyone and the way that he said, you know, they've never drawn money and they don't know what they're doing and all of this other shit, it's like, oh, so these people who are literally the reason this company exists don't know what they how to do it. But they've been doing it for three years. Just because... I agree that they shouldn't have this role doesn't take away from like, dog, you are not making any sense. You doing Steiner math on this thing.
1: At least Steiner had his numbers, right?
2: (laughs) Speaking of Steiner math, speaking of Steiner math, um, they're doing another fucking title tournament because that's always what they do. So here's how we move on. No, here's how we move on from the press conference and transition into the title tournament. Let's talk about the fallout.
1: Well, the fallout has been quite interesting. So, as of as of this moment, mind you, we're, so we're recording this on Wednesday night. So, Dynamite has been on for an hour. We cut the we started the uh, the show thirty minutes late so we could watch the first thirty minutes of and see the mm-hmm. the Tony Khan promo and the MGF promo. But um, we know for certain, Kenny Omega, Matt, Nick Jackson, Pat Buck. Michael Nakazawa, and Chris Daniels are all suspended. We know this for sure. Ace still has been taken off the road, and it's probably going to be fired, but we don't know that for sure. And we know Punk has the title stripped from him. The reason, though, is because of the injury, because we don't know what's going on with him and in, in, in the actual career in AEW. But the belief is that we know that um, Tony had a Zoom call with Punk and Ace, at 3 p.m. today. 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we know this for we know this to be true. Um, and he had a talent meeting 15 minutes later, so it probably wasn't a long damn Zoom call.
2: No, no, I mean I'm just throwing this one out there. It's probably not, but I'm just throwing this one out there. That kind of scheduling feels like uh, hey, so uh fuck you both. You're both fired. Uh we'll send you your final check. Bye.
1: If Tony got the balls to do that, I'll first time I well not I the mean, first time. I few times I mean Tony Contana can, like can do months. enough
2: cocaine. I feel like Tony Contana can do enough cocaine to have the balls to do anything. well, let's hope so, because I'm not a Especially because it's a Zoom call, so like he could literally do lines off camera and then pop back up.
1: This is true. And by the way, he wouldn't I think he would need to make sure he's so there is an investigation looming. A formal investigation looming with like outside parties. Well, we know punk is, is litigious.
2: Well, we know punk is litigious, so like punk would absolutely jump at the chance to sue them for wrongful termination and say it was retaliation 100%. for his comments and the prep and yes. violation of his First Amendment rights. And,
1: be careful about that, 100%. Now, I don't know how well he would, how far he would get because remember they're independent the contractors.
2: Well, not just that, not just that, like. I don't want to go to war legally with the McMahon machine, but I also don't want to go to war legally with the con oil machine either. Like they got good lawyers too.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. But how I guess the question would be how How in his own head is he how arrogant is he? Which one? Punk. To think that, yeah, they got much more money than me. Because remember, if we're being honest, while truth came out that Punk was not telling the whole truth about the story, Punk won that uh, lawsuit against Doc A-Man. He won it. He did. So, you know, there may be a level of arrogance there. Like, well, bitch, I'm right. So, whatever. Um, I, that's, we're, now, that's speculation. We don't know if it's going to happen or not. But that I'm sure that's, what, that's why we haven't gotten the formal... Uh, announcement or whatnot of what's happened with Punk or Ace. I know the reason we haven't got the formal announcement for the rest of the guys is because of the investigation looming. But we do know the AEW World Championship is stripped. Um, we're going to talk about the title tournament in a minute. But tonight, the trios turn, the trios titles, which were just crowned Sunday, have been abdicated and are going and uh, were. Um, being contested was, in the opening match between yes. Death Triangle and, and Best and Friends. And Orange did you see who won? Because I, I, I didn't
2: see who won, but um, yeah, I did see that that was going to be decided tonight, and then they're doing a tournament of champions. I mean, it sounds good, but it's bullshit. A bunch of former champions to crown hey,
1: I, a new champion. This, so this may be a little rant that's Kind of a tangent, but you'll understand. You'll appreciate it. I hate tournaments that have buys. I hate that, especially like, if it's
2: an even number. Like yes, like you gave two randos a buy in this turn. Like, why aren't they facing each other? Why aren't they facing two of the other competitors? Like, what what are we doing? Why is an MJF involved in this? Didn't he get a guaranteed world title match? Like.
1: So the two ma- the two opening round matches are Hangman and Bryan which is happening literally as we speak. And Hangman Page and Daniel Bryanson, Bryan, Brian Danielson. What yes. Daniel um, Bryan and, Danielson. Yes. And the other one is Sammy, Sammy Guevara versus and Darby, Darby. Allen. Again. The win the winner of Hangman and Bryan is going to face Jericho. Whoever wins that match is going to fight for the title at Grand Slam and and Arthur Ashe and Queens on the 21st. So in two weeks, the winner of Sammy, excuse me, of Sammy and uh, Darby is going to face Moxley next week. And that winner will go on to face whoever wins out of the Jericho versus whatever, whatever. So basically, the title will be contended and, and, and someone will win it. At grand slam their biggest television show of the year cuz 20,000 people are through ash stadium cool but why you got to do all this to get there because
2: they don't ma- they don't know how to book on the fly and they think that this is what they think that this is the sports way to do it um, can I tell you another reason I feel super sorry for hangman page in this whole scenario on top of everything else He is so left drifting in the wind right now because he was literally in the middle of a huge storyline about him reuniting with the rest of the elite. And like they had made a huge thing about that. That was his entire direction. And I guarantee you that was all supposed to culminate with him reuniting with the elite at Arthur Ashe Stadium in their biggest show, uh, televised show of the year so that they can get the big pop. From the smarky New York crowd. And all of that is now gone.
1: It's. I just. The hangman's gotten such a fucking shitty ass. You push back the original story of him winning the championship for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Then you do that. And the story. The, again, the story was fantastic, but you pushed it back for no fucking reason he lost the match he should have won when he should have won. And then won
2: when you did finally crown him, you crowned him without a plan for what you were going to do next. Well, his title rank, and again, he had
1: good matches, but it had there was no <clears throat> substance to it. And
2: and that's what I really blame it on. It was like you you knew that you were building up to crown him, but you did so without planning for what's the next chapter. Once he's finally there, what are we doing next? Because it very quickly fell into just the... I'm the fighting champion, and I defend against whomever. Like, no, you got to give us more spice than that. Roman Reigns has been champ for, like, two and a half years, but he keeps, you know, doing different shit. And he also goes on hiatus, so, you know, now we only ever see him, like,
1: once every three months. Well, that helps, yes. But I, I feel for him because of that whole situation. But then when he lost the title, he never got a rematch, he was completely left in the dirt, left in the dust, wasn't thought about.
2: All of the Dark Order was starting to get released slowly. So 400%. like that was his posse.
1: So everything he's done since that title match at Double Nothing, right? Yeah. Everything he's done since then has basically just been like nothing.
2: Filler. He's it's like wasted, a filler arc.
1: He's wasted like six months or four months or whatever, four or five months of nothing. And now I don't think he's gonna win this match. Because if I were Tony, I would stick with the the guys I know that draw. Right now we need stability in the company. So I would stick with either Jericho, Moxley, or Brian. And I know, sorry, but we know who we're gonna get with those guys. At the talent meeting today, who ran the talent meeting? Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. You can trust those guys. And it's a shame because The one thing the Elite did do and was important for was they were the catalyst of this entire company. Tony was the bankroll. So the Elite represented what the company was supposed to represent. The future of wrestling. Not having to say, oh, you're not important unless you're with WWE. We can do things without them. And Tony's just turning into Vince.
2: Well, and importantly, the Elite, were the leaders in that locker room when they were there for better and for worse. Like, you know, all of the criticisms that we lobbied at AEW for a lot of the things that they don't do well stem from the shortcomings of the elite being the leaders. But a lot of the successes were because of that too. And we said it when they started adding all of these former WWE guys, like there aren't, but so many hands you can put in a cookie jar before things get stuck. And like signing a personality like Punk was a bold move. And I understood the like purpose for it at the time. And I understood, yeah, you know, it pushed a big number and all of that. But it's also like you've got to rein that in. And like the bigger problem has now become like the rumor is, you know, it's a miserable last place to work right now. And there's like super toxicity and it all comes back to there is no structure. And there is no structure because there is no team. There's Tony and everybody else was doing their little pet projects and their little things that they cared about. Like, I'm sorry, I, I understand that it was instrumental in the creation of the company.
1: Why is BTE still a thing? I don't mind it because, as far as we know, it's it's a side of the company. If it was a company thing, I'd have a problem with it. But all the motherfuckers got vlogs. Sammy got a vlog. Ethan Page got a vlog. Dan House does a vlog. Like, all the motherfuckers got vlogs.
2: You're right, but all the motherfuckers aren't the EVPs of the company. What I'm That's saying a good point. is, That's a good point. why is all of this time being spent? Because producing that at the production level that they produce it at time consuming
1: sure 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 it's time i and wonder just like why are we spending this time i do wonder if they've handed that to brandon because i know nick used to be the one to do all that shit um but no that's a that's a fantastic point you know the most disconcerting thing about all this news to me is um the first talent the
2: industry needs AEW to be successful
1: because it's good for business. Right. So the most disconcerting thing about all this to me is the first talent meeting they had a couple weeks ago was Tony um he spoke um I know Kenny and the book spoke I think Jericho spoke. This talent meeting was Jericho uh, Moxley and Danielson. In the fight backstage, it was Daniels and Pat Buck. All of these legends and these producers that you have hired, Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn and Billy Gunn and Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And I know Jake isn't there right now, but all of these people that you have there that talk ad nauseum about how nobody listens to them. Why are they not there? That's
2: why they're not there. You just answered your own question. Because here's the thing. How long has AEW been a company? Three years years now now, right? You're one of these legends who's been telling them things. Been giving this advice. Been trying. And you tried, and you tried, and you tried, and you either got ignored or probably in some cases told to just shut the fuck up or leave them the fuck alone. And now... You're at the point where I'm going to come. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to help these kids. And then when the show is over, because that's the other part of this. This is after show. Things are done. Mm-hmm. I've put my time in. I've helped the performers. They've Tony and them have made it clear that they have no use for me at this point. I'm out. That's why they're not there. Right. Because the culture that the company has created is one that has made them believe at this point that they're not wanted to be there and they have no purpose to be there. And you're right to ask that question. You're absolutely right to ask that question because those are the people that should be there because those are the people who lived through WCW. Those are the people who lived through AWA. Those are the people who know how to control
1: this kind of situation. Right. But that's not the important part of that to me. They could have never been in a wrestling company ever. They are the literal middle management of the company. It could be me, you, um, fucking Johnny from the Block, little little Nuck Nuck who smoke all the time. It could be anybody there. The people who are the producers are hired to be the middle management between the talent and Tony Khan. So these talent companies, it just happens and, and helps that these people like you said were with AWA and were with WCW or NWA or WWE, whatever, or ECW. That just helps the situation. So I'm blown away that the little if I had a problem with my job, why would I go to the president? I would call my manager. If there was a if there was a problem with me in a situation where I was being reprimanded, the president wouldn't call me. The yeah, president I wouldn't don't... sit me down and have a meeting with me. It would be my manager and the manager directly above his manager. Above yeah, them.
2: I don't email the superintendent when I got a problem at
1: school. It's wild to me. So to keep giving these dual jobs to the boys, right? And the EVPs, well, we acknowledge and We know that they shouldn't have it. But I give them a pass because they fucking created the company. Right, they had to have a title. I get that. I should have had the title founder. But whatever. But I'm talking about the people Jericho and giving Daniel's the situation all the all the titles he has. Which I love Daniel's, but it's wild to me when you have all these other people there that it it's, it's we know the structure's fucked up, but like that's just you're wasting your money now at this point. Just let them go. Let I, let mean, go. I mean I mean
2: I don't know that what I said is the definite answer, but it just feels like, to me, you've created a culture and established an expectation that, like, you don't want them there at
1: that point in the day. I would agree. I would feel yeah. that way. I would feel unwanted. I already feel unwanted because people—I'll give you another perfect example, and the guy we both love, Hangman. I sent you guys in the group—we have a group chat, me, Kyle, and a bunch of my friends—a um, video from Hangman Being asked about um, does he take advice from people like Sting and Punk and some of the other guys, he was like, well, he was being so deprecating, but he was serious. I don't really like to take advice. I'm a world champion. I feel like I got here on my own. I feel like, well, there's something to be said for trial and error. Cool. You can believe that all you want. But that's an ignorant thought process when you have people that's done that there and their whole entire. If it wasn't their job. If Johnny on um, the street came to you and said, hey, bro, you know what you should do? Yeah, fuck that dude. It's that guy's job to tell well, you and help you. Well, specifically,
2: one of the people they asked, like, it's one thing you, you don't want to take advice from Punk because, like, Punk is a known and notorious asshole. Sure. But, like, they were asking you, like, advice from Sting. Like, yeah, you are a former world champion and I will give you all your flowers, Hangman, because I love you, but, like, that's fucking Sting, dog. I'm not even a Sting mark. And I'm like,
1: sit at the learning tree. That's the, it, And that's the general kind of rhetoric and be, kind of belief of the company, which is why it was so important to, to bring in someone like Jericho at first, Moxley in the middle, and then uh, guys like Danielson and Sting later on, because the locker room needed some veterans. But then you also got to respect and have the veterans in line as the producers and the agents, because that's their job to do this. But because you have so many young guys that have done it their way and they got there. And I don't, And I, when I say this, I mean no disrespect. I don't mean this in, in a sense of of tearing anybody it's down. It's not to
2: be patronizing.
1: It's just. Well, no, no, no. Like... The next thing I'm about to say. The next yeah. thing I'm about to say. Um, I, but I'm, I'm saying this because it's going gonna, it's gonna to come off as disrespectful. and It's not. But with multiple major companies now, you don't have to earn it like you used to anymore. You don't have to earn getting to the main companies as, like you used to. Right? There's a guy that I know that's been wrestling for three, two years now and is already on television. And again, good for him. I'm, I'm completely and genuinely happy for him. But like...
2: So on the flip side, on the flip side... I think it's easier to get exposure than ever before,
1: but it's harder to be memorable. And and while that may be true, sure, but all you needed is days and exposure. Because look at AW, they'll bring you in and you work dark for six months and never have a, a, a spot with the company, but you're on TV. Look at Shh. look at look at what things like Britt Baker was the girl who got beat up by Nia Jackson her first uh, squash match. That got Britt Ooh, Baker, her deal in Asia.
2: Speaking of this just a random aside. Um, quick fuck you to Sammy Guevara for the way that he dropped Ruby on her head. Like, fuck you, dog. Rule number one, look out for the person you were working with. Like, how are you going to drop somebody on your head like that? If you couldn't drop her safely, don't do the fucking spot. Yeah,
1: like, that, was, that, was, that was bad.
2: Like, and Sammy stays doing this kind of shit where I'm just like, nah, nah, miss me with Sammy. Like I know he's young and he's got a lot of years to learn and improve and be better. He can come back when he's done that. When he's take and I'm not talking about from an in-ring standpoint cuz from an in-ring standpoint for the most part he is good. Yeah. But he's maturity. an asshole. Yeah. And he doesn't look out for the people that he's working with at all times, which is really not a good thing.
1: Yeah, maturity is is especially necessary when you literally have your uh, opponent's life in your hands. It's it's paramount.
2: Also, 100%. like I know that people also like I know people did not handle his like relationship thing with Tay the way that they should because people are assholes. But he is also like taking it to like an extreme level
1: of like I don't blame people. He put it on himself. He proposed to his girlfriend on air in the in the ring and then two months later he was dating Tay. That looks really fucked up. I don't blame the people for that. Now, people are salacious and assholes in general, but, like, this is one thing if nobody had ever known anything about this on... This was all backstage stuff. He did this shit in the... Like, Edge and Lita, that's fucked up, because nobody needed to know about that. That was backstage. He literally proposed to her in the middle of the fucking ring. I forgot about that. I forgot about that, genuinely. Yeah. Yeah, he literally got on his knee... And not, not, not in between the commercials, not back not after no now that
2: you bring it back up it was like a big whole thing they made a whole deal out of it
1: in fact if i remember correctly it was after he won the tnt title yeah yeah so So, yeah like you you invited us to have a problem with this so yeah like quick fuck you to sammy that that just i felt like i needed to say that no Um, it's important but to just to put a bow on my point is and I, again i don't mean me those not to any wrestler who makes it or hasn't made it or whatever but i just feel like because there's so much so many more easier ways so many more ways available to be noticed and there's so many more places now that pay comp like a decent wage now that it's so much easier to get to a level of prominence in the wrestling business that if you look at the co- AEW, all those guys are guys and girls are talented all those girl, guys and girls deserve a spot, but they got there before they had learned. You can learn how to wrestle, but that don't mean you know how to be a wrestler. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. And they and they're there before they learned. Sergio Samir Guevara is a great comparison. He's 23 years old. He can out wrestle maybe anybody on this earth, but he doesn't know how to be a wrestler. And that's the thing that. A W has a problem with because they're the type of company and they have the type of of belief and and they type value of rock the moves 100%. over one hundred percent. And 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 a lot of the times people with the substance are older and they're the ones that know how to handle themselves. Another example of that: well, Eddie Kingston mushed Sammy Guevara two weeks ago, or longer than two weeks ago. As soon as he did it. He owned up and said, I was wrong for that. I shouldn't have done it. I was out of line. Took his suspension like a man and has moved forward amicably. Even went to Sammy, squashed the beef and said, I should have done that to you. I mean, I like you, but I shouldn't put my hands on you. That's how you handle it. Right? He fucked up. Handled it. Yeah. Owned it up. Yeah. Do you yeah. think some of these younger dudes can do that?
2: I don't think some of the younger dudes can admit that they fucked up. But to your point on people who have substance and like let's you know shift topics a little bit um i took up a good portion of our time earlier with a bit of a rant and then i want to give you an opportunity to take up some of our time on this topic um rants throw some flowers to tommy and alistair black malachi black and uh then we'll talk about what happens next for that but uh Give your man some love, while um, uh, while we got time.
1: It is so. It there's a joke on this podcast. I love me some Tommy End. I love Alister Black, Malachi Black, Tom Bunchin, whatever you want to call him. I love the dude, and it's joke. It's a joke between a podcast with Kyle and Carl, our our brethren, that they don't know who he is. Whatever, but I love the dude because number one, he all his gimmicks are so out there and so interesting to me. But he fully look, fucking
2: commits, regardless of whether I was into that or not. That man commits
1: a thousand percent. But there, and this is gonna be weird to some people, but there's something about him when I look in his eyes that I see that I kind of can understand yeah. and appreciate and care about. Kindred soul. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Um, and I love the dude. And um. There's no question in every situation he's been, he has been the guy who could have and probably should have been higher on the card or doing well. But knowing where he's knowing his backstory, knowing the way he grew up, knowing the life he's lived, um, he has struggled many times with mental illness and his mental health. Um, And wrestling, of course, is the greatest drug anybody could ever have. And that's in a positive and a negative way, um, and he's tend to mask it and deal with it well, but I, I guess it has kind of gotten to a, a a point where the rubber needed to meet the road, um, where he was struggling with his character, struggling with how he was being treated in AEW, with how he's being booked, struggling and- with things like being
2: brought in, given a really really high end program with Cody. Cody leaves, he starts a stable, names the stable the House of Black, and he proceeds to be the second most important person in his own stable from the way the company portrayed him. And it's like, that's fucked up.
1: (gasps) Danielson just won, by the way, like I told you. Yeah um, you were right um, Greg is but,
2: probably right on the final
1: prediction Yeah 100% Well I said the same thing Yeah it's going to be Yeah. Um, but um, But he's a, definitely a person Who his creative outlet Is more important than anything else And his, his creative outlet has kind of been stifled um, So he asked for his release Last month And it wasn't given Um because the fear is he's going to leave and go to A.W. I mean, go to Me. WWE, mm-hmm. which essentially, if we're being completely honest, what Jeff Hardy did. Um, but uh, finally, he finished out his his story with Miro, Darby, and Sting. He took the pin, and as he was leaving, the, the, the uh, cameras didn't see it. He gave a bow and a kiss to the crowd, essentially saying goodbye. And a, now we know... He has been granted his release. Now, his release is conditional. Heavily which, conditional. Which is ironic, seeing as AEW was a company that didn't do that. Right? Well, how um, many times have we said that? He has a six-month non-compete. Six months. So, now, granted, if he really is just going away and go, like going away, going, going away, no harm, no foul. But basically, you're telling this dude, you can't wrestle for six months. Which, whatever. I don't give a fuck about the wrestling. I don't give a fuck about the companies. I care about the man. And I really hope that fuck all this wrestling shit and whatever. Go home. Take care of yourself and get right. Because we have lost way too many too early. Way too many. For lesser things. This wrestling shit, if he never wrestles again a day in his life, he's still going to be a wealthy man he still left quite a legacy. His wife still wrestles like they'll be fine. Get yourself together, bro. that's all we, that's all that matters to us. I just I care about the guy. I'd love to see him back, but I care about the guy and i I want to give him some love and let him know that you know <laughs> I hope all of us here at the edge of here with them. I'm there with you if nothing else and oh uh, girl, you you're gonna
2: take mental health very seriously. um I will never make any kind of jokes when we're talking about mental health. No, my comment at this point is just yet another example of the non-compete in this case is a great example of what you said a second ago. Tony just
1: vince. Tony just Vince and a younger coat of paint. We you know, I've had I've had the argument with a good friend of mine and friend of the show, Sam Brown. Sir Sam, he uh has the AW Match Guy podcast. I'll actually be getting on with him sometime in the next week or so, and we're gonna do kind of a world's collide of our own sorts. Shout but out, we, Sam, we have the argument all the time that the way they the companies release people are totally we know literally they're totally different. But AEW does it with dignity because they don't cut they don't release you from your contract out of nowhere. They let your contract run out like with some dignity. And my argument is while we know it's different, literally the same process is happening. They're letting you go. They want nothing to do with you no more. Right. And we know multiple people have come out. Marco Stunt, Joey Janella, five, Stu Dose. Multiple people have come out and said they told me nothing when my contract was up. I didn't get a call. We didn't get a renegot- renegotiation conversation. I didn't get an email. I didn't get a handshake saying thank you for your service. It was just up and I had to figure out what was going on. That's no different than getting a call from Johnny Ace and saying you got ninety days. Thanks for coming. No, nah, that's worse. Nah, I would working. think so, because at it's least for ninety worse. days I'm getting paid and can figure yeah. out what I got to
2: do. If I if I lost my job without notice and I've been trying to get in touch and I've been trying to communicate and I can't get in touch with nobody and nobody's telling me nothing and all of a sudden my deal is just up and my paychecks have stopped coming in, that is way worse than. Hey, I'm gonna terminate your contract. As per our agreement, you got ninety days to find a yeah. new job while I'm still paying
1: you it's 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 on face value yeah they're they're better, but what's the difference and, well, this and also in this you.
2: case, there's no difference in terms of somebody requested their release, and at first he got told nope. So like that's number one. So like I don't ever want to hear shit about the whole the you know oh only WWE is denying people who want to get out. Like nah, they told my they told my dog no. Then after a while of him insisting like nah, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm Gucci. I need out. uh finally the producers and the people that you know Tony never listens to. We're just like, hey, dude, so, like, if he doesn't want to be here and he's genuinely unhappy, you know, it might be best for everybody to just let him go.
1: It just makes the most sense. And I keep you keep saying we don't care about them. But everything you do goes to show that you do, because if you didn't care about WWE, then why would you do a non-compete? Not to mention. Shit, if you didn't care about WWE, why do you still got their name in your mouth? So, and. To put a to put a final bow on AEW, and we'll take one more break after this, um, unless you got more. Um, the one thing we didn't talk about in the press conference was Tony went off on WWE because apparently he's mad that WWE had the audacity to run shows on Labor Day weekend because he owns Labor Day. Apparently, he was I, the the assumption is that the buy rate was lower than usual. And because the way he said, the way he talked about it and and, and brought it up was uh, he was like, well, we last year, this time we were the, the first show on Labor Day weekend. This year, we're the third. And, you know, I'm I i I'm not the, the Crockets. I got more money than the Crockets in and I'm not going to take this fucking shit. He shook because for the first time. For the first time since A.W. has been a thing. The momentum of the fans, not the companies, not the money, but the fans is for WWE now. And that has got him shook. Um, we'll take one more break and then we'll talk a few quick WWE hits and then we'll get on out of here. So we'll see y'all on the other side.
2: and we're giving a fuck we're back
1: with them quick hits you know it's crazy to mm. me because while this has been maybe one of the five biggest newsworthy weeks i can ever remember in my wrestling quote unquote uh infl- whatever person career we had three fantastic pay-per-views this past week they right? were all pretty good and major things happen on all three of these shows. So we've talked ad nauseum about AEW. We've done that enough. We don't need to go there anymore. Um, Drew McIntyre lost. Solo Sokoa has joined his brothers and his cousin. Tyson Bloodline. knocked Austin Theory the out. Beautiful. Loved it. <laughs> By the way, how fucking hilarious. Um, Dexter Loomis continues to like completely stalk and take over the miz finally oh man the...
2: scares the miz so bad that he was about to win the u.s title and said fuck that title i'm going back <laughs> to drink where it's safe
1: <laughs> um what were your quick thoughts on clash at the castle real fast
2: um so my quick thoughts is all hail the tribal chief acknowledge him um Solo Sokoa is going to be the way that they kick Sammy away from the bloodline. Um, Or better, or let me rephrase, Solo Sokoa is going to help facilitate K.O.'s mission to liberate Sammy from the bloodline. Um, And that'll be fun to watch. I'm also excited for him. Good for him. Good for Rikishi that all three of his kids are together again. And
1: there's an infamous picture of all of them as as like teenagers when uh, Roman's sitting down and the three of them are behind him, and they always had to cut off the side because uh, Solo was was never around. Now they can show the whole picture.
2: Yeah. So like, I'm just happy for him. Um, was glad that Bailey at all got the win because that's what's supposed to happen. Um, Pinning
1: Bianca, by the way.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, when you build up a heel stable, they should win a big feud early in their debut to establish their dominance. Meanwhile, in the main event, we got the Judgment Day, who are still out here Losing the big matches. Even if, at the end, they tried to salvage it, with Dominic finally turning heel and doing like I said he would, turning on his daddy
1: too. Well, he's following... He, well, no, he turned, he turned on his stepdaddy. Because his real you right, daddy. You're right, because he's Eddie's kid. You're right, you're right. And, and, and he's,
2: he's following, following his in his footsteps. father's footsteps. He found himself a mamacita.
1: Yep, Yeah, daddy but not, actually now it's Poppy. Heat. <laughs> he found my poppy. Um uh I'm I'm here for it. Um because number one, Dominic needed a chance to grow and he couldn't grow with his dad. He couldn't he couldn't grow, continue to be like my dad's uh kind of backup. He couldn't keep continue to grow. And he'll learn three years worth of 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 knowledge in that 20 minute match with Edge. He'll and more learn so
2: much. And more importantly, now that he's aligned in a group with, you know, the admittedly what the fuck are we doing with them? The Judgment Day, um, he's at least in a group with three people who can talk and cut promos. So Dominic never has to be heard from. And silent Mysterios are best Mysterios. Mysterios that don't have to cut promos because someone else can do all the talky talky, and they just go out and do the good stuff in the ring. Best Mysterios.
1: I think he's in a perfect situation right now. I absolutely do. Um, um, I, everything about this is perfect. You can stretch this out to have Dominic and Ray at, at WrestleMania. You can maybe take Ray's mask. It's all perfect I think right now And I don't mind the Judgment Day losing Because every stable isn't about winning Some stables are about making a point And clearly the Judgment Day didn't give a fuck about nothing But destroying the fucking Yeah but they're flirting
2: But my issue is at this point Considering how long they've been a stable They are flirting with Wyatt family issue of Like y'all always Lose when it counts so like Why should we take this shit Seriously no more That's fair that's fair. Well,
1: they gave you they gave you Exhibit A. Yeah, like, adding they, Dominic
2: they, was yeah. necessary, but, yeah. like, the next time they have a big, like, big match, I need them to win-win.
1: Oh, well, I'm pretty sure Dominic is losing the edge.
2: Oh, Dominic definitely losing the edge, but I'm talking about, yeah. like, if they as a stable have, like, a team a
1: thing, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I
2: need them to actually come out on top.
1: Got you. Because, um,
2: like, they are flirting with Wyatt family. Why should this, like, be credible anymore? Yeah, yeah. And I um, would see that happen because, like, I do enjoy the concept.
1: Concept is good. The wrestlers are great. They have great chemistry. Yeah, it would be a shame for it to kind of fall out of the wayside. You're spot on. Um, other okay. WWE news, uh, as our good friend Rab Ropes calls him, affectionately Big Shouty is back, Braun Strowman.
2: Ugh. Although I will say When I heard about the A-Steel chair throw My favorite thing were all of the Copies of the, him Throwing the chair at Roman Jeff
1: <laughs> Spot on I'll say this I mean You know I, We have to talk about our personal feelings About the dude as a guy I don't know the guy But he's, he's done things I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of his of all of his work But he's fucking over
2: Oh, yeah, the crowd was was hyped to see him. Um, he is my, over. My main complaint is the complaint that you voiced when it happened, Um, and I watched Raw and I agree. Like, okay, fine, he's going to come back. Cool, whatever. He's got to come back in the literal middle of the tag team thing
1: and molly whoop four tag teams. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that, especially considering how that was... It was just a random tag match. It was a fatal four way four, the number one contendership,
2: and they weren't random tag teams. Like Kofi Kingston's a former world champion. Like Three Profits were the former tag champs. Lo- yeah. The all, New, the Day, New Day, Day are the greatest, greatest tag, tag teams team of, of all. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. them who greatest tag teams of all time. So like, uh, I'm I'm just like, no, like why why is this the way we had to do it? I'm not upset necessarily with the return because. I've accepted with Braun, I'm just like, he's not for me, but he's for a lot of
1: people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I you wanted to get him in a multi man so he could destroy him. I get that. But you didn't have to do that to a tag division. For him just to say, I'm going to SmackDown Well, then why did he come to Raw and destroy that and leave? Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, wreck everything and leave is the tribal chiefs thing. And it's 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 looking like Braun's probably gonna and that makes sense because Braun's last match was losing the title to Roman.
2: Um but like the best gimmick in WWE right now is Kevin Owens I watch the show.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like uh, Kevin Owens
1: just being guy who watches the show is great. The two the two best things the pandemic has given us is Roman Reigns, I read my contract, and Kevin Owens, I watch the show. <laughs> just
2: sensible things. Just um, guy who watches the show. Well, and also the bromance between MJF and Baron Corbin, which is just well, always wholesome and lovely.
1: Whenever they get to the same company, wherever it's going to be, WWE, it's going to be fantastic. Can I give some love to the fact that my boy Rothers came out in Cardiff dressed as Elton John? That is the most hilarious shit in the world to me. Did you I mean, did you catch that? You can
2: get love for Seth for anything, honestly. Um, and also, Seth he beat the Matt Riddle, which was the correct choice. Um, I,
1: I wonder what match what
2: of the, the night. Gonna... Obviously, though, match of the weekend: Gunter versus Sheamus.
1: Well, hold on one second. I, I want to ask you: What do you think is going to happen with Riddle going forward? They'll probably have another match, but like clearly. Seth is done with that.
2: Oh, yeah. Seth is definitely done with that. Um, I don't know what they do with Riddle because, like, I think the company clearly believes in Matt Riddle, but I think they're also, like, not sure how hard they want to push him. Well, she keeps
1: coming out about the dude, so, like, they don't know yeah. if they can.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. And so, like, I don't know what you do with him. It was easier to keep him with Randy because it, like, it helped Randy, you know, be less active in his older years, and it helped, you know, keep Riddle from being the focal point. But I don't know what they're going to do with him. And even more so problematic, I think, for him, if I am indicative of a... Casual fan Um, I don't care What they do with Matt Riddle Because I'm just like I don't care about Matt Riddle I've been watching Raw regularly For the last month And like I haven't given two shits About Matt Riddle himself Seth was the most
1: interesting thing About that feud So Riddle is as a character, ignore everything about the person, just the guy on screen. Riddle is a very engaging character, but he has no substance what what Randy Orton and Seth have been able to give him were substance, right um which is why that which is why the thing with him and Randy was so good. why the thing with him and Seth has been so good it's to give him some substance. He needs to continue that. I'd like we don't know if Randy's ever going to wrestle again. That's not conjecture we don't know. We believe he'll be back, but he got injuries so much now and he got so much money. Why? We yeah. don't know. Um, I'd love to see Randy come back and be pissed at MJF MJF, I'm sorry, at Matt for basically stealing everything about him. Like, he does the Randy polls and he does the RKO and basically he does the the snake taunt mm-hmm. stuff. Like, and Randy could be like, well, look, we were tagging, cool, I get it, but I've been gone. Go back to you now. And I can see something like that, which would help Matt get over further. But Matt's in a situation now where he can't just continue to have good matches. He's got to keep getting put in good stories that where he can kind of further show substance of him where he's just not a Whoa, dude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what he needs.
2: I think it's also hard, well I think it's also just hard because of the problem we talked about last week And like I hinted at with the joke I made earlier Like, Roman's never there And there's only one world champion right now Which means there's not a whole lot for people on the higher end of the card to do
1: Yep, spot on Spot on, which I guess is one of the reasons why Hunter keeps bringing back people
2: Yeah, like, because he's got to give people something to do. Um, But I also just, I said it last week, and I'm going to keep saying it. How long is USA going to put up with this? How long is USA going to allow it to continue before they're like, okay, no, but really, I need you to put a world champion on our show?
1: It's going to happen. If not, if not, some, if not before, not before Mania, directly after it's, it's we will not see this time next year and there's not a title on both shows I don't see it um but no you wanted to give some love to Gunther Seamus which I think was the best match of the week well oh, yeah no I just wanted record, to word, just, say word to word Keith Lee and acclaimed that was great and word to Ricochet and Mello that was great but Gunther Seamus was everything I wanted go ahead
2: Oh no, that's that's literally all I wanted to say is that Gunter and Sheamus was an amazing fucking match and like Gunter is everything and Imperium is everything and
1: are Back I by lo- the way. Vinci is officially called up.
2: Yeah, I love Imperium, so like long live the Imperium. I'm here for it. It's wonderful. Thank you and good
1: night. Um great show. Um World's Collide was great. Uh Pretty Deadly is your tag team champions. Damon Kemp, Gable Stevenson's big brother, destroyed Diamond Mine and turned on Roddy and uh, the Creeds. Um,
2: uh, yeah, Maddie apparently Rose. he's the Stevenson that they're high on now. Gable is not
1: in the high grade irony The irony of that, right? The worst thing for him was going back to school, I think, because there's nothing he could have got from NCAA. And he like he got a million dollar contract waiting for him WWE. He's not training, so whatever happens with him, ah. Um, Mandy is the unified NXT Women's Champion. Braun, of course, is the NXT Unified Champion for the men. Um, and we've talked about AEW ad nauseum. Um, but it was a fantastic week. We still got SmackDown to come. Um, yeah. I'm just really, I'm SmackDown. I'm looking forward to because. Finally get a chance to see the full bloodline back together and what Sami Zayn's going to say about it. Yeah. Braun coming. I need to hear what Drew got to say. Um I don't think Gunther and Sheamus is over yet because Sheamus wants a rematch. A lot of good things on that brand I mean, happening. I feel right.
2: like Braun's got to be coming to beat up the bloodline and scream, Roman, I'm not finished with you, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, that's got to be what he's going to do, right?
1: And again, story continuity, Braun's last match in the E... Roman beat him for the title. I I I get it.
2: And I mean, like, we keep saying about a lot of people these days, and I think that it's great because it just means more people are going to actually appreciate Roman for how good that he is. Roman is Braun's best opponent. Roman has always been Braun's greatest, like, person to work with, has always been the person who gets the best out of him. The whole reason that we even care about Braun Strowman at all is because yep. back when everybody still was on the fuck Roman train, Braun satisfied that urge by just being a giant unstoppable force that would comically beat the shit out of him. Great point. Well, I, mean, I, I we remember forget, the moment yeah. at the time, like, and the reason why we get pissed when it comes to Braun is because they failed to capitalize on that lightning in a bottle. Yes. because that was during the height of Suplex City's reign of terror yes. over the fucking card um the only reason we cared about Ron in the beginning, I will forever remember the fucking t- moment when Roman is on the stretcher, and he's just like, I am not finished with you, and he flips the fucking stretcher over.
1: that was like that that segment was supposed we thought it was gonna go like five minutes ended up being fucking fifteen. Like, he, so I'm not finished with he you, like, three times. Flip the ambulance So, that's so, ridiculous stuff. That was so great. Um, two more quick hits real fast. Um, um, Triple H got promoted again to being, Have and it's not a, content, it's basically. a technical promotion in money and name, but it's basically what he was doing. He's the chief content officer, which basically means his overall stuff driving content. So, creative, talent, all that stuff. And Sean got promoted to, I guess, Triple H's spot, senior VP yeah. of talent. Click
2: um, is slowly but surely completing their original mission of actually running the company. Before it was some like political bullshit that they were doing. No, now they for real, for real, just out here running the company. And if Big Daddy wanted to come, they would find a job for him
1: everybody knows, everybody knew that Hunter was going to be in a, this, in some type of capacity in a suit, but Sean and I, I'm saying this as a Shawn Michaels fanboy, Sean the irony is and to put full circle, put a bow on this and put go full circle, and we can kind of put a bow on this here CM Punk is a Bret Hart like he prays at the altar of Bret Hart but he's acting like Sean in 97
2: oh yes yeah. But the thing is, he thinks he's Brett.
1: He thinks thinks he's
2: the Brett.
1: It's hilarious. He
2: so thinks he's the Brett here, and it's like, nah, dog, you're the worst version of Sean because, like, you've divided the locker room. You've you've divided the locker room. This is your fault.
1: You have possibly affected their business.
2: Yeah, you out here talking about uh, you here to run business. You like have potentially fucked up the business big time.
1: They're gonna they're gonna get a, a huge rating tonight because I haven't watched a full episode of Dynamite in months. A hot mint hot. So. so we'll see what they do next week. But I, 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 I got nothing else. It's all yeah. It's all you nah. Have, uh, in got the
2: meantime, else. y'all, you can catch me on Twitter at Doctor S'mores. You can catch the Good Brother Rants on Twitter
1: at it's Ray Cash. That's R-E-Y and Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in the dollars. Hopefully Tony ain't got to pay to that fuck ass no more. You can catch the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. As always,
2: we are part of the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where you
1: always use your head like Dick Jackson.
2: Hey, 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 hey. And as always, y'all, we here at the Outsider's Edge podcast are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with them hard facts like we told you CM Punk was a little bitch. And other times we're going to hit you with them uh, equally hard facts like we told you you can't let the boys run the company.
1: Y'all need to listen to us, basically.
2: But no matter what, y'all. We just out here chasing our dreams and uh you got to respect that.
1: Hey, real fast. Who's the one who said who's the person that said that quote we use? Ooh, ooh, I believe it was one um man
2: who is crumbling under the weight of his own toxicity.
1: Oh. Oh. The irony. By the way, fuck him. And fuck him. Yeah. Uh fuck him. Thanks for listening.